So if you will, turn your Bibles to Psalms 121. Uh, Psalms 121. We're, we're, we're continuing our series on Lent. Uh, today, I'll be, as usual, reading from the CSB version. We're going to cover the whole chapter of Psalms 121. Don't panic. You'll see it's only about eight verses. About It is only exactly eight verses. However, um, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about... Um, the scripture as it pertains to Lent, and you're going to be, most of you won't believe that I is, but it's the truth. Picked this message out, this passage, six months ago. Um, it's been planned for a long time. This isn't, but it's amazing how God uh, knows what's coming. And we should find comfort in the fact that God does know what's coming, and He's 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 in charge, He's in control, and and and, and we're okay. Um, uh, so, by the way, what did you think about that new song? <laughs> Look, um, I, I, I teach a, I'm teaching a new members class. Some of you may be in the, the new members class on Wednesday nights, and, and and I tell them in the first session, I think it was that. Hey, we're we're Southern Baptists. Um, we we're we don't hide that fact. We're we're very Southern Baptists, but we're a little bit more Baptistical, uh, if you if you understand. This morning we're a little bit more on the coastal side than the Bat side. So we're you know we're we're we we believe um, that God's okay with us worshiping Him and uh, and enjoying that and. Showing him, look, I, that song, when it first started, I, somebody told me this morning when I first got here, went to the coffee shop to get a cup of coffee, they said, you're going to like the music this morning, um, so you probably ain't going to be able to stand still. They, they're absolutely right. So, speaking of songs, today's message is a song. You know, the book of Psalms is exactly, that's what Psalms means, it's, it's, uh, it's songs, and so... Today's message is a song of ascent. The title of today's message is Looking for Help in All the Wrong Places. That comes from a song. Y'all need another cup of coffee? What? I mean, look, we, it's a play, you know, off of, off of a song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. Today we're going to talk about how we, we look for help in all the wrong places. Some of you young people are like, that's a song? Uh, you know, yeah, talk to your grandparents, they'll tell you about it. So, um, but today we're going to look at this song of ascent. You know, there are, there, there are two situations in life that we should really be especially focused on, on God more than ever. As we approach his presence in one, okay, uh, and that's what this, this song of ascent is about. We'll talk about, you know, ascent is going into, going upward, and so that's what this is called, a song of ascent, because the uh, Jewish people would ascend up toward Jerusalem to go to the temple certain times of the year and ask for forgiveness. And where the, the priest would go behind the, the curtain and, and offer a sacrifice for their sins, and that's where it's called the Holy of Holies was that, which believed that that's where the physical presence of God Almighty was. And so in Israel, um, excuse me, Jerusalem is, is up on, on a high place. And so many of them was ascending up the hill toward 
Jerusalem, the holy city, where the holy of holies, i.e. the presence of God was at. So there is a, it's a steep climb. We're going to look at it in a few moments. It was physically challenging. It, it, and so they, and we'll see what this song of ascent they would sing as they took that trek. And it reminds them some certain things we're going to talk about this morning of how, as, as you read it, keep their mind right. Look, we, you and I, whether you want to admit it or not, need reminders every day to keep our mind right. We're going to talk about today how our eyes, you know, um, I remember when I was, I was learning how to drive, Dad, uh, I remember one thing he, he told me, he said, you're going to go wherever your eyes go, so be careful. If you ever notice this, hopefully you, you've realized this, you're driving down the road and you see something, your car tends to drift that way, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't really drift that way, it goes that way because you turn the steering wheel that way. Because you're looking that way. Wherever your eyes go is where you're going to go. Keep that in mind as we go through uh, this passage in a few minutes. So there's two situations we should be focused on God more than ever. Number one, as we approach his presence. They were going into the temple, approaching his presence. You should have been focused on God this morning more than any other time of the week maybe as you came to this place. Now, if you had children in the back seat, that might be a little bit more challenged than, than it was for me. I drove here by myself, so, you know, uh, nobody to disagree with me or nobody for, for me to argue with. I just crunk up the praise, worship, music, and come on. Now, maybe your, your husband or your wife was acting up this morning, and it caused you to take your eyes off the Lord, you know, and maybe you have a teenager at home, and, and they wanted to wear some clothes that you weren't really happy about, and... Maybe you took your eyes off of God this morning. Here's the thing. Whatever we, the most, what we come here for today is what we're about to do, and that is study God's Word. Understand, music's great. That's, that's, uh, I, I enjoy it. It helps me, though. The purpose of all of this is not for your enjoyment. This is not a concert. We don't, we don't do this so that we... In, this is intended to get our mind... To forget about the conversation in the car that I just reminded you of, my bad. But, you know, to forget about all of that. Just put all that, with your boss, all, all that stuff, all that stuff you're carrying with you this morning. We need to focus on the Lord right now. This is God's Word. It's holy. It's perfect. It's without error. It, 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 it's right now is what our focus should be is, is on the Word. So, the other time we should be more focused on him than ever is in times of difficulty. Think about climbing a mountain, climbing a hill in the hot, dry. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, you'll see more about that in a few moments. But it's difficult. It's times of challenge. It's, it's times when you got to gut check and say, man, I, I, I've got, I have to get there. So I've got to press on. I can't quit right now. It's times like we're in right now in our society, in our world. This coronavirus has got everybody going crazy. Look, we have a respiratory virus going around that attacks the lungs, and people have bought out the toilet paper in the stores. <laughs> now, you tell me folks ain't going stupid. You know, I mean, that just tells you. Now, now, is that the kind of folks you want to get your advice from on how to live your life? Just think about that, okay? Uh, no. So, 
And I'm sorry if you bought out a bunch of toilet paper yesterday. My bad. You know, but uh, look, it just doesn't make sense when you've, and look, somebody was asking me yesterday, said, why, why is everybody buying toilet paper? I said, because somebody did. Really, that's what, somebody along the way said, what if we have to be in the house forever and we, we, we run out of toilet paper and everybody goes buys the toilet paper, then we won't be able to get any toilet paper. So they ran and bought toilet paper and everybody else said the same thing and everybody's following a leader, buying out, look. It's crazy when we get our advice and we follow other people. We do dumb stuff. That's a society, period. So, Psalms 121 was called the Psalm of Ascent. They were, they were songs that the Jews would sing as they climbed these hills and the steps of the, 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 um, the synagogue or the, the temple to get to the Lord to worship Him. So, let me show you this, this slide. It's a picture. Last year, Tanya and I went to um, Israel. And while we were there, we climbed this mountain called Arbel. That's the mountain you see in the backdrop way up there. That's Mount Arbel. This pathway, as you see the rocks um, that, that, that we're going, you can't see, uh, but it, it goes all the way to the top. Uh, so um, th- we were ascending this mountain. The God did a miraculous work in my life going up this mountain. He spoke to me all the way up saying, son, you realize look, the, the top of that mountain is where Jesus was believed to give uh, the Beatitudes and the Great Commission. So <clears throat> as we're going, Jesus was thought to go up on that mountain on many occasions to get alone, uh, get away from the disciples and, and, and get alone with God. God just flooded me with all of these thoughts and said, you know, you recognize what Jesus did, the effort he went through to get along with me. What's your excuse? You got a meeting? You tired? Jesus walked up this mountain every day on a regular basis to get along with me. And if he, being God... Needed to do that. How much more do I need to do that? So, th- you can think, if you look at that, you can get an idea of how, uh, a little idea, you can't understand, but you get a little idea how treacherous this trek is about to be. As they're going up, can you imagine in your mind, just think with me for a minute, about halfway up there, would you need some encouragement to keep going? I did. This was the hardest physical feat I'd done as an adult. Now, when I say adult, I'm talking about after 25, okay? <laughs> 22 is nothing. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would have jogged up it. But now, <laughs> uh, it's different. Four stints, two heart attacks later, this was difficult. I needed some encouragement all the way up it, not just halfway. As a matter of fact, right past that bush right there, I thought, hmm, I think we messed up. But the bus had dropped us off and left us. <laughs> we didn't have, and the bus was going to be at the top of the hill. So I, we look, we had to go. The songs of ascent uh, was designed, and there's many of them. This is one. It was designed to help the people as they. This was their life. This is where they went every day. How they went to to keep pushing when things get difficult. We are in a difficult times. Psalms 121, read with me, says this. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. The mountains, understand here, 
And we're going to go through this verse by verse. But the mountains uh, is, is believed, I believe, means uh, Jerusalem. It is another word for Jerusalem. That's where they, when they were going to Jerusalem, that's the, that was the holy city. Um, they, would, they would look toward the mountains and, and go there. There's the high place. The, 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 um, the temple is considered the high place. It's the place of God. So I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? You ever ask that? Who in the world is going to help me out of this mess? Okay. My help comes from the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you, your coming and going, both now and the most important word in this passage, forever. We'll talk about that. Look, where do you look for your help? That's the first question. Where do you look? Uh, notice verse 1 and 2. It says, I lift my eyes toward the mountain. Remember I said, you go where your eyes go. You travel where your focus is on. You don't, you don't close your eyes. Think about, you know, some of us go through life, it kind of looks like, close your eyes and, 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 and hope for the best, right? Just close your eyes and press the gas and we'll see where we get. You know, that doesn't work out very well. Um, but yet, sometimes it seems like I look around in society, that's how we live in our life. Let's just close my eyes and, and let's just go forward and let the chips fall where they may. That's not a good idea. It's not a good prayer, okay? That's not a good um, way to live our lives. The mountains here, like I said, are reference to Jerusalem, the holy city where God dwelt. So they're saying, I focus my eyes on his presence. Keep that in mind. We're going to talk, that's going to be all throughout this message. But number, verse number two says, it, he says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It recognizes God as the creator of everything, meaning he knows it. And it, he knows what's happening. And he's in control. And he knows his creation. Now, you, you think about this. Um, if you, your car breaks down or is giving you trouble, first thing you do is you go to a mechanic you trust, typically, right? And, and, and sometimes they can fix it. Maybe most of the time they can fix it. But sometimes it becomes so complicated or, or they don't have the equipment or whatever that... They can't, they can't repair it or make it do what it's designed to do. What do you have to do? You take it to the dealer. You're going to pay out the nose now, right? You know, that's why you didn't go there to start with. You're going to pay out the nose. You go to the dealer. They, and, and they have the equipment, the tools, and the knowledge, typically, to fix it. Why? Because they designed it. Somewhere down the line, there's an engineer who, who said, this gear is going to make this turn or Nowadays, it's, you know, computerized. But anyway, there's somewhere somebody designed that, and they know where the bugs are at. So they can go and fix it. I was, uh, uh, last week we was at Timothy Barnabas' uh, conference, and um, there was a lot of other pastors there, and Tanya and I one evening was uh, sitting at a table with a, a bunch of people from, or several people from First Baptist Church Woodstock. And 
um, those that don't know, it's a big church in, in Woodstock, and they run five, 6,000, whatever, on the weekend. It's huge. It's one of the biggest churches in, in our, our Southern Baptist Convention. The guy who, who really built that church named Johnny Hunt is a great um, mentor of mine. And um, at any rate, he, when he went there, that church ran about 200, 250. Now it runs thousands, okay? We're sitting at a table with, uh, now Johnny retired this past year. There's a guy named Jeremy Morton, who's now the pastor. He took over. Jeremy's from here. He's from Perry, Warner Robins area. And uh, as a matter of fact, his in-laws live right across the street. Uh, his father-in-law designed this building. He was the architect for this building. His, his wife used to come here as a youth some and was friends with it. Anyway, Jeremy's a great, fantastic young man, and uh, he, he's taken over as the pastor of that church. Now, there is not five pastors in a Southern Baptist convention that would not have cried tears if they had been in task with that, that honor of following Johnny and taking over this mega church. You know, the, just a, he had to be, just the thought of, I'm, I'm going to trust you with arguably the greatest church in our Southern Baptist convention. I mean, they, it's, they got it going on. But we're sitting there at this table with his, Johnny's former uh, worship pastor that was with him for 30 years. He went, all of Johnny's staff went out with him and, and Jeremy brought in new staff. So his, his worship pastor's there with us. Johnny's right-hand man that has, has, has really helped Johnny build the church over the years is, is there with us. And I talk to him all the time about the devotional that I write in and, and stuff, so we knew each other, and then the guy, uh, it's, a, it's a friend of his, Johnny's, that really is a businessman that I was conversing with mostly, who's, I think he's a deacon and so leader in that church, was talking about how Johnny's right-hand man, and Johnny had to stay there for a year to help Jeremy figure out all the cogs and the workings of that church. You, you can imagine, I, I mean, it's I don't know how many millions. They take in millions every week. Uh, it's a huge budget. There's a lot of people, a lot of staff. There's a lot of stuff to do. Um, it, it's, 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 it's like being a CEO of a major corporation. So, so, number one, think about the honor of him just being placed there. He just handed it. He was, he was handed that church. And, you know, a lot of pastors are like, wow, what, a, what an honor. But, as I was talking to him, this, this businessman who's very, very involved in the church, and he's talking about how they're, you know, they're trying to show certain things to Jeremy, and I said, you know, you stop and think about it for a moment. Um, Johnny was there as they built that church from the ground up, from 200 people to, uh, he, he said, I think he said they have like 12,000 members. So, Jeremy, in the day-to-day operation, something breaks, something goes bad, you know, there's, there's trouble. Jeremy doesn't know exactly all the workings. Johnny, think about it like this. Here's, you build a house. You build, let's say you build a house <clears throat> with your hands. You don't contract it out now. You don't hire an electrician. You don't hire a plumber. You don't hire a sheetrock person. You do all of that yourself. And then there is a, uh, you're, you're walking through the house one day and you see water coming out from underneath the wall. You know what? You say, hey, 
I remember that 90 degree turn I put right there was giving me trouble. I know right where the problem's at. You cut a hole this big, you go in, you fix it, and you repair that small hole. Why? Because you know where all the leaks are at. Versus somebody come in here and there's water on the floor, they're gonna, they got to punch holes all over the place trying to find it because they don't know. The, the, they're not the builder. They're not the manufacturer. The one who's there that builds it from the ground up knows where all the hidden troubles, potential troubles are at. God is the designer of this universe. And that's including you. So when you're having issues, when you're having trouble, whatever it may be, you, you fill in the blank. God is not surprised. Here's the other thing. Rather than calling somebody else in, Dr. Phil, YouTuber, The View, whoever it may be, and letting them punch in holes all over the place trying to find the issue, why don't you go to the Creator, the Maker of heavens and earth, and say, I got a problem. And he's going to say, I know that. I've been watching it. Here's what you need to do. Look, where do you get your help from? This psalm recognizes God is the maker of everything, and that's who we should keep our eyes focused on. Keeping that in mind, let's go to point number two. The Lord is our protector on earth. It's where we live here. The Lord is our protector here on earth. Notice verse 3. says, He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. It indicates that if we keep our eyes on... That's a big if. Now keep this in mind. You're going to hear me say this. You're going to get tired of hearing me say, If you keep your eyes on the Lord. He will not let your foot slip. He will guide our steps and give us security. See, the trip to Jerusalem, keep in mind that what this, what this psalmist knows. Uh, he's writing a song about the things he knows and feels and experiences. So the trip to Jerusalem would have been full of uneven paths that went along steep drop-offs along the way. So that's why the psalmist is writing that, hey, God will help keep your foot from slipping because the psalmist recognizes that, that their ascent into the presence of God has treacherous and dangerous steps all along. Look at this slide. You'll see as we are, are, are going up the mountain, you'll see how treacherous the, this is what I'm talking about. So you, we weren't on a little Sunday stroll. This is us going up the mountaintop, the mountainside. This is what they had to do to get to the top of the mountain. Now, doesn't that put a little different perspective? Does that, that make it a little bit more important when you talk about not your foot not slipping versus walking out here across the yard? You know, if your foot slips there, you're in trouble. Go to the next slide. Uh, look, that's not even at the top. That's about, that's right at the foot of the picture I just showed you of, of Tanya climbing. That's right at the base of that. Now look down, it looks like there's a view from a helicopter or from an airplane. We walked up that. Now if your foot slips off the edge of that, you're in trouble. Now look, it's important to keep our eyes 
on him so that our feet doesn't slip. Um, having good footing in our life is critical. <clears throat> think about this. I, I shared with the first service. I won't go into it as deep as I did then for time's sake. But think about this. Go back to that picture just for a moment. Imagine they didn't go alone. Okay, as they traveled, they traveled in family group. So mama, with five kids, toddlers, going along that path. You see the importance of obedience? You think about this. When you let your kids just run all over the place and you tell them five times no before you do something about it, what if those parents had done that? Just think about it for a moment. How would your kids survive this trek? Would they do well? When you said stay close to me, would they recognize there's trouble and I need to stay close to mama? There's, you know, I say all the time, I'm not a big meanie, just, well, maybe I am, but not, I'm not just saying make your kids respond to you as immediate obedience so that you lord over them for some psycho reason is it's to protect them. God, and listen, likewise, we are God's children. He doesn't say follow my precepts and do what I tell you to do just because he's wanting to keep something away from us. He knows we're walking along a path that if our feet slip or we go rogue or we don't pay attention and, and we're going down the side of that mountain and it's not going to turn out well. And what we do is we say, I want to be free. I shouldn't have to do follow his. And I, we just run around like a bunch of banshees in Walmart, you know, and, and, and God's saying stop, like that mama saying don't touch that. And we're acting like those children who are pushing it to the limit. And then we wind up tumbling down that hill and we say, God, why am I in this mess I'm in? God said, you should stop when I told you to. It's important. Our footing is crucial. We're not, you say, oh, I don't climb mountains. No, but you walk a Christian path all in your life, hopefully. We walk the Christian walk. In order to walk the Christian walk, we need, we need secure, safe footing. And we need to watch where we place one foot in front of the other. We need to keep our eyes focused on Him, or we're going to wind up tumbling down the mountain. Notice verse 4. Well, let me back up. I don't want to miss this. Look, our path to the holy city, that is heaven, will be filled with opportunities to slip in our Christian walk. They'll be all over the place. There's stumbling blocks and rocks and loose sand all over the place. He will help us not to do the things our hearts desire if we keep our eyes on him. Rather than pop culture, uh, radio and TV stars, the, the, the news, whether you watch Fox News or the Communist News Network, whatever, the news, look, they, they will lead you the wrong direction. Both. Look, the YouTubers of society, unfortunately, is molding the minds of many of our young people, and they're starting to 
They are directing the paths of, of, of people's everything. Look, be careful. I'm telling you, that's taking your eyes off of Jesus. Unless there are Christians who are leading you toward the word. Few, very, very, very few are. Instagrammers are now the most popular people in our culture among our young people. That's where people are getting their morals from. Well, you know, she says, okay, and she does this, and she's popular, whatever. And, and, and it becomes to infuse our culture. We must keep our eyes on Him. Our footing is so important now. It's so important. Think about this. Verse 4. He's our protector that never slumbers. Never sleeps and never... Why is that important? Think about it. I'm going give to you, give you an example. Uh, uh, there's, back when I worked at uh, Byron PD, there was a guy who's now the chief who was a patrolman at the time, years and years ago, and he was working night shift. And I don't know if any of you ever worked night shift, but there we worked 12-hour shifts at night. And, and, you know, it was pretty exciting. There's stuff happening and all that, you know, up until about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and then you couldn't find a car. It was just desolate, dead. And so the radio don't talk. There's nothing going on. It's just quiet. You're just riding around in a car, you know, uh, for however many hours. Well, you can survive that. You got some good sleep during the day, you know, which is tough to do. But then, look, 4 o'clock is getting hard. 5 o'clock, it's almost impossible. 6 o'clock is when we get off. So this particular uh, officer said he was sitting on the side of the road on 49. He said, I'm going to just sit here and run radar. And, and, you know, and so he sits there, and there's nothing coming. And there's nothing coming. And there's nothing coming for an hour. There's nothing coming. So the next thing he knows, on his window, Wesley, wake up. <laughs> the sun's up. He said, I don't know how long I slept, but it was dark when I, when I parked. I know that. And he said, I didn't intend to, but I just fell asleep. He said, my body just shut down. I didn't mean to. And, and I was so embarrassed and upset that I've left this city. You know, what if somebody needed me? Whatever. And, he said, he said, and, and the, the, the next shift had come on and, and was knocking on his window. They had to go drive and find him. He was right down 49. All these cars going by. They think he's running. He's, he's working. He's stopping traffic because everybody's slowing down. They don't know he's sound asleep. <laughs> What does that have to do with Psalms a lot? Look at verse 4. So we have a protector who never sleeps. He never slumbers. It means you can lay down and rest in him. You can trust. He's awake and he's watching. He's protecting us. This virus that's going around, that's got everybody going crazy. I'm not, we need to take protections. You see, we're doing that. But look, some people think this is the end of the world. And some people think it's all a hoax that's made up. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. But it, whatever it is, I can tell you this, it ain't caught God off guard. It hadn't knocked him off his throne. Here's the other thing. <clears throat> Your marriage is about to fall apart. That ain't caught God off guard either. He's been seeing that all along. He's been awake. He's been paying attention. If we just keep our eyes. Listen, that, that struggle that you're having right now with alcohol, he knows that. 
And he knew it was coming. He knew it was going to happen when you was 12. Listen, that problem, struggle you're having with pornography right now, he knew from the moment that you were conceived that you would grow up and have this issue because at some point in time, you took your eyes off of him and you put it on your lust. At some point, you said, my happiness is more important than his word. So if I just, if I seek after this desire of my heart, then it will fulfill my happiness and everything will be okay now. And you took your eyes off of God and you put it on your own will. Listen, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm pointing Tim back at me. I do the same, it's our, it's our nature. It's, the, it's how, who we are. We're surrounded with this stuff. It's why it's so important in the midst of all of this chaos, we focus on him. This is him. Okay? This is him. Notice here, we can count on God. That is the point. Verse 5, he is our shelter right beside us. The heat in Israel is unrelenting. It is inexplicable. If you've never been, I can't explain to you how hot it is. First thing, one of the first instructions we got when we got there and got on the ground was our guide said, hey, every chance you get to get under a shade anywhere, take it. There were times we were following a path hiking, and there's one little tree, and there's 35 of us underneath that tree trying to get up underneath it, you know, and, and trying to get that shade. Even if it's for a few seconds, we need that relief because the sun is beating down on us. Listen, life is going to beat you down. There's going to be decisions you're going to mess up. There's going to be decisions you're going to get right. But there, and, and then the devil's going to attack you in this area and, and, and try to get you off guard in this area. And there's going to be troubles all around you. And there's going to be times where you feel like the life has just been zapped out of you and you, you just can't live anymore. And you need to get under the shade. He says right here, it's right beside us. The shelter, the Lord is a shelter right beside us. And there, he's thinking, he knows how hot it is over there. And he's saying, God's right there. Get under his protection and quit trying to live life the way you feel it should be led. Get into his word. Let him guide your steps. Verse 6 tells us that God will not lead us, leave us, nor forsake us. Notice it says here, day and night. In other words, there's never a time where God is going to leave you. Now, there's times where we leave him. There's times where we're running around on that trail acting like a bunch of kids and not paying attention. We're seeking after our own will, and we leave him. But he'll never leave us. Day and night, he's a steady. As long as, what? We keep our eyes on him. Where do we find him in this scripture? Now, I'm going to share real quickly. Um, I had not planned to share this, but this morning God laid it on my heart to just uh, working on a, a podcast. Um, I, I had several people say something to me in the past about, you, you know, should you do a podcast? And I was like, I don't want to do a podcast. I don't have anything to say nobody want to hear. You know, I, I just, honestly, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't think of how it would help anybody. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I got plenty of other stuff to do. Believe me, my schedule's super, I, I don't have, I don't have to look for something to do. 
Uh, so I'm not going to do a podcast just for the sake of doing it because it's the cool thing to do. But then one day, uh, a couple weeks ago, Jacob and I was talking in the living room over here at the office. And, and he said something about it. And he, he, he said something, I don't even remember the words he said, but it's like turned on a big faucet in my mind. And God just started flooding me with this stuff. And I said, okay, it's different. So I'm going to share real quick what, we're, what the plans are. I, um, it'll be, I'll, I'll call in experts and so forth and interview and we'll talk about different stuff. But the basis is helping people live a Christian life according to Scripture. You say, that's mighty broad. It is, but hang with me just a minute. For example, when, when do you let your daughter start wearing makeup? And here's the most important thing. How are you going to determine that? When her friends do? Is that, is that a good idea? Okay. If it is, let's think about this for a moment. If I'm going to let her start wearing makeup when all her friends do, when are you going to let her start having sex? Hmm? Dads? When are you going to let her start drinking? Smoking pot? Doing meth? When, you, when her friends do, you see the dangerous path of following culture? That's why God said, keep your eyes focused on me. So what we're going to do is that subject and every other subject we can think of that is involved in the Christian life. How do you, how do you handle controversy between you and your wife when you, or, or your husband when you, have, when you think you should spank and she thinks you should use time out? When do you, what, what are you gonna, how are you going to resolve that issue? What about bedtimes? What if, what, how about how late you're going to allow your teenager to stand out or, or start dating? Or how much time do you spend with your spouse versus you know, your work? And all these different things, the life of a Christian. How, do we, how, how, should, it, how should our lives look? We're not going to go to Dr. Phil. We're not going to go to The View. We're not going to listen to the world or anybody else in this culture. What does not make sense is for young parents seeking parenting advice from young parents. Let me ask you this. Would you go to someone who is planning to be a doctor one day and say, can you do open heart surgery on me? Heck no! Why are you trusting the future of your children with people who don't even know how to do it yet? Why not? Why don't we find somebody who's already done it and done it well and say, how'd you do this? How, what did you, what's the mistakes you made? How do you, you know, and, but first, the first thing we're going to do in every conversation, every question we ask, we're going to look at Scripture. We're going to say, okay, does it, does it have an answer in here? And if it does, here it is. We're going to read it, talk about it, but, the, but bottom line is this is what this says. Maybe there's some things that Scripture talks about, but is it real clear? We'll, we'll work through those things. Maybe Scripture ha- doesn't specifically say, but it has some, has some you know, principles that we should follow. We'll pull those out. And maybe it doesn't at all, so we'll find some experts, Christian experts, who say, well, According to my life and the commitment I've made to Christ, I must do this or I must do that. See, it's a tool that I hope to help you and others stay focused. Because we're riding down a road of life 
and there's billboards all over the place. It is, you know that, is it Counting Crows? Whoever sang that song, signs, signs, everywhere there's signs. You know, you ever rode down the interstate and you think, man, it's just distracting. We're going through life and there's distractions all over the place. It's sin. So how do we stay focused on God? We're going to talk about that. So he is our shelter. Verse 6 tells us that he'll never leave us. So the Lord is our protector in eternity. Here's our, here's our closing. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 8 wraps it all up. Verse 8 is the most important part of all this scripture. Get this, the last word. It wraps it up and stresses the most important part. God will protect our eternity. Luke 23, 43 said, And he said to him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's Jesus talking to the thief on the cross. He didn't say, today you're going to go into purgatory and you're going to hang around there for a few moments. And, and if, if your family prays hard enough or gives enough to the church, then, then one day you'll be able to come to heaven. He says, today, this moment, today you'll be with me in paradise. There is a paradise waiting on those who make Jesus Lord of their life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. John 13, 14, and 15 says, this is Jesus talking, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Moses was commanded by God to hold a snake up on a, up on a stick and, and, it, and it would heal their land and heal their people. And they, if they focus on that. So, so here Jesus is saying, just like that, he, think about being lifted up on the cross, that wooden cross, i.e. the stick, uh, up on, and, and if everybody looks to him, God will heal their soul. There is no other way. In conclusion, where are you seeking help? There's a lot of blogs out there today, especially mother blogs, mommy blogs, whatever. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying Understand this. If anybody's pointing you anywhere other than to the Lord, be careful. There's a lot of people who will tell you what you want to hear because you will come back when they do. And you'll spend money with them. And they're driven by that. There's a lot of people who, would, who will wear whatever you want them to wear They'll say whatever you want them to say if you like their statuses or their pictures. So they, 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 they're driven by this, this culture of popularity and fame. There are a few that will stand in your face and say, I love you. And because of that, I'm going to tell you the truth. What you're doing is not right. There's, that's true friends. That's people who love you. Jesus did that. This psalm is saying need to keep our eyes focused on him as we go through treacherous times think about climbing that mountain i'm telling you i can't explain how hard it was physically i needed to hear all along the way this is for the lord and there's going to be reward in the end when i get to heaven when i get to the top of this mountain there's bottles of water and i can sit down there's shade but all along the way it's going to be tough i'm not saying life is easy it's going to be hard. And your feet are going to tend to slip if you 
don't trust in Him, you follow culture. So in this time of Lent, as we are focusing on Him, we're traveling to Easter. We're approaching the time of His conquering death for us. If you lost focus, look, if you, it happens, I'm not, nothing to be critical. As you stand, we're about to have this hymn of invitation. And, and, and I want to invite you to come to get on this altar and say, God, I lost focus. My feet are slipping. Listen, everybody else in this room has been, will be, or is in the same situation you're in right now. It may be a different sin. It may be the same. I don't know. It doesn't mean none of the business. Will you come and do business with the Lord this morning and say, God, for the first time in my life, I want to make you Lord of my life. Right now, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. You said the only way to heaven is through you. I want to give my life to you. Come into my life and save me. Will you do that this morning? Come and see me. Come and see Bill. Come be down front. Take us by the hand and let us help you pray that prayer. And to make that commitment. Or maybe you've already done that. But you need to come this morning and say, I give my, I yield my control back to you. I've been looking down the hill. been looking at all the rocks around me and all the billboards. And I've lost focus. And this morning, I want to I want to put my fix my eyes on Jesus. And I want to make every decision in my life based off of your word. Will you do that this morning? We sing this song. Offers over. Hold up.